This is our podcast on genetic engineering and pharmacogenetics. I'm Adam Bowling. I'm Alice Saboro. I'm Abby Robish. I'm Thomas Rennie. So pharmacogenetics is the study of how genetics affects our drug response and the efficacy of drugs used for treatments. Um, They're primarily used for determining cancer treatment, and they don't have a lot of clinical use at the moment because there's like a bunch of issues ethically and morally about whether we should use them or not. Uh, the definition of genetic engineering is basically just the changing of genes of an organism um, to have a response to like the char- the organism's characteristics. Like you can have like glow in the dark plants, what they did with tobacco plants, and um, they like can use gene therapy to try and cure diseases in unborn babies and stuff. Uh, both of these pharmacogenetics and genetic engineering and use the knowledge of an organism's genetics to for the application of medicine or sometimes they're used in like crop production or uh, food production so you can have more plentiful supply. Okay, there have been a lot of ethical and moral issues arising because of pharmacogenetics and genetic engineering and a lot of it has to do with lack of privacy and the government having information that people may not exactly want them to have a hold of. And one major example of this is the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act of 2008, in which the costs outweigh the benefits of having these drugs be available to the public. And it focuses on presenting, or preventing discrimination in the context of health insurance and employment. And examples of this include cystic fibrosis and Ivacaftor. To kind of continue on with like the moral issues and the ethical issues, genetic engineering can be applied to humans to enhance genetic traits. And this can be really controversial because people just want people to act as if they're all like natural. And I think it's unfair if some people were to be genetically engineered. Um, And it also has raised a huge question of whether it's morally okay to artificially alter the genetic makeup of organisms. Um, And there's also, this leads to testing on animals as well, which can lead to animals being in pain. And the use of animals um, has also been a huge controversial topic recently because many people think that it's inhumane. Um, And a lot of people will also do it on crops. um, And this can have a detrimental effect on the ecosystem because um, having organisms and different chemicals being put into our earth can lead to environmental issues in the future. Going on the opposite side of that, some proposed solutions uh, to these ethical and moral issues in genetic engineering. Uh, Back in 1966, the Animal Welfare Act, uh, lawmakers did uh, pass to try and help animals limit as much pain and suffering as possible when they were testing genetic engineering uh, on animals before they released it to public use. Uh, There's also been other laws put in place uh, that have helped plants and animals get back into the ecosystems without harming them as much, uh, as well as policymakers and regulators uh, in the future have already put out plans uh, to help combat the legal and social issues that pharmacogenetics raises. Uh, The main point that you wanna get across here is the education to the youth and the public with pharmacogenetics and genetic engineering, uh, showing how you have rights and put in place to protect and prevent the genetic rights that both humans and animals have. Well, you said that the uh, Animal Welfare Act was created in 1966, but how can that still be relevant today after technology has changed so much from that time to now? I mean, what was that, 
80 years ago. 80 years ago, it was... Did you just say 60? Oh, it is 80 years ago. It was actually... Or 60. 60 years ago, not 80. Anyways. It was, it was close enough. Yeah. 60 years ago... She's going to UNC, ladies. <laughs> well, I said too. It was 60 years ago, and 60 years ago, there was, like, no, like, personal computers that you could just carry around, no phones, let alone the extent of stem cell research that people are doing nowadays. So how can the laws created back then still carry on today? <laughs> Are you saying you're against the Animal Welfare Act? <laughs> you don't want no, obviously I agree with the Animal Welfare Act. <laughs> but how can those laws affect the ethical concerns and legal concerns of today's world? Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a good segue. There are plenty of things that happened a long time ago that are still relevant today. Um, actually, if we start talking about this, it's going to get political, so I'm not going to say anything. But isn't that what you were talking about? Is like how it's not well, relevant? I, that's not what I said. It's not relevant. I just said how can it address it? You just it said well how today? can it be relevant today? Well, no, like how can it like still like how can the whole thing itself? Yeah, all I, apply I think there today? should be a new one. Not that it's bad. So it's they should just, just add to it. Yes, because. There's so much more. You, um, I, I mean, don't... I guess you could edit and revise the animal welfare. <laughs> exactly. Because there's more that people research with animals now. That's what people do. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and Frankenstein. And Frankenstein. <laughs> Just how Vic Doctor, Victor Frankenstein experimented with the monster. With genetic engineering and the monster. That's how he exactly. created the creature of Frankenstein mm -hmm. was through genetic engineering. And we all see how that ended up. Yeah. So doesn't that basically emphasize that we should have regulations on genetic engineering? Yeah. Well, isn't that what he was saying? We don't want much people to die. No. But Especially if you can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> but we still do need, like, genetic engineering it has such a high ceiling <laughs> in the future that we still do need to... Well, when Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein in 1817, there were no laws of genetic engineering. She didn't know. She just thought that this would be a cool story about a monster. Yeah. So are, we no not, are, are you not saying that technically we shouldn't compare because she well, wrote it as a story? But even if you are... It's, not any thought on it's it. a good warning of what happens when there is no laws. Yeah, and if you like see it, like that was back in the 1800s. If like they were able to think of like the science to create that... Like, think With, about now, yeah. we, like, have the technology today that they could literally create. A that was, like, a fantasy. That's actually yeah. yeah, that was, like, a fantasy. It's, like, a fantasy to reality sort of situation. But yeah. now it's, like, is it really a fantasy? Yeah, so now it's, like, we need more like laws. It's a TV show or something. Yeah, because we would need, <laughs> yeah. Because we would need more laws now to, like, ensure that doesn't happen. Because, like, we've obviously seen, like, the outcomes of Frankenstein and what the monster does, like, around him. And so, like, clearly we need laws to, like, ensure that that won't actually happen today. Yeah. Yeah. Mic drop. 